You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. The eight horse just won the third race at Pimlico. I've got Willie Zalatoris winning this damn PGA championship. I had the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes under last night. Dinner on me tonight, fellas. Dinner on me. Well, actually, no. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm out of I'm out of quarantine. I'm good. How you guys doing? We've got uh, we've got Jake and Ty who are producing the show. I'm sure you heard them on the Dave Rothenberg show uh, just a second ago. We've got a lot going on today with you for the next three hours. Um, and and just I mean, what a, what a, what a fun Saturday. Let's be honest. All right, we've got we've got the ponies. Uh, they're rocking and rolling. Preakness uh, post time is at seven o'clock. Uh, we're we're gonna get you ready for that uh, in our final hour. Uh, either uh, Mark DiLorenzo or uh, somebody from ABR, America's Best Racing, is going to jump on with us uh, to uh, to tell you how to play that. Um, so we'll do that. Also, we got Joe Wiz, as always, every Saturday. He joins us at 2.30. You know, he loves the ponies as well, so I'm sure he's got to play in the Preakness as well as some other, uh, other games out there. Um, later on tonight, we've got, uh, another NBA game between the Celtics and in the Miami Heat. Miami Heat not doing so well right now. Uh, that's for sure. With PJ Tucker expected to be out, he had an MRI, things don't look good for him. And, uh, Lowry not expected to play as well. So we'll dive into the NBA. Of course, unbelievable comeback for the Golden State Warriors last night. They were down by 19. They own the third quarter. If you listen to the Week in Wager show, that's a trend that if you followed it all season long, uh, you just don't have one new pair of shoes. You've got a whole new closet full of shoes. That's for sure. So we'll talk some NBA. Um, was was that in my ear or was that? Oh, that was in your ear. Okay. Okay. So so Ty, so Ty, who's producing the show, just said that Tucker and Lowry are expected to play. Um, that is news to me. That is not what I read this morning. But nonetheless, if that's the case, great. But still, two guys that are not a hundred percent. I still I love this Boston Celtics team. I'm mad at myself that um, that I, I laid the points. I, I know I, I filled in the other night. We were together, Ty. I think did you lay the points with with Miami as well? Yeah, I did. I mean, it, it was a one, it was only one point um, the other night, but I did. I'm just I'm just I'm mad. I'm mad at myself. Yeah. I'm mad. Like, listen, I love this Boston Celtics team coming into the postseason. I've loved them since the All Star break, and I just I don't know why I went against my own. My own personal judgment, my own personal feelings. I, I think Boston wins the uh, wins the championship. To be quite frank, and I've already put money down that Tatum's winning the MVP. But um, but we'll get into all that. Um, and of course, the Mets. How crazy is this? The Mets postponed because of snow, and the Yankees postponed because of rain. Well, that's not crazy, but snow, rain. Uh, what what is? And, and, and oh, by the way, it's supposed to be ninety five here in New York today. I mean, what? What is going on? It's going um, man. So, uh, so you've got the Mets and you've got the Yankees back in action, both having to uh, play some uh, some doubleheaders this weekend. But of course, the Mets double today. First pitch is it a little after three o'clock, uh, and they've got Carrasco going for them. By the way, this will be the first time Carrasco is pitching at uh, at Coors Field, so that should be interesting. Very interesting pitcher's ballpark there, right? Um, I do like the Mets today. Also, some news in regards to the Mets. Uh, they add Trevor Cahill to their pitching rotation, 34 years old, somewhat of a journeyman, not somewhat, has played on a number of teams, but it's going to take him a good month to ramp up. So don't expect you know Cahill to be in the rotation 
uh, anytime soon. It's going to take anywhere between four to five weeks, from what I understand, for him to get into this rotation. Just FYI. Uh, as for the Yankees, doubleheader, but their doubleheader will be Sunday. So they'll play a 3 o'clock afternoon game on Sunday. And, of course, they're the evening ESPN game uh, on, uh, on, on Sunday night, which you can listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, and that's at... Uh, well, no, not not here. You can watch it with the K-Rod broadcast with Michael K and Alex Rodriguez, which is always fun on that Sunday night. And they're, they've got a three-game series against the White Sox. We'll dive into that. I know a lot of people want to chime in in regards to you know, the fact that you, know, you haven't been able to get that stank out with the fact that the Yankees lost to the Orioles. I know that really perturbed a number of people. Uh, social media went crazy, upset at Cashman. Uh, you know, there's a great article out right now on ESPN.com in regard to um, uh, the, 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 the potential contract for Aaron Judge this winter. Um, so I did a deep dive into, into that, that column and, and have some interesting things to share with you. And we'll open up the phone lines. I, I know Yankee fans uh, want to chime in with that, I'm sure. But let's kick it off with what's going on with the Rangers. Unfortunately, they lose last night. So now they're down in the series to the Canes 0-2. Uh, this, the, 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 this, this is only the fifth time this season, four times in the regular season, the Rangers were shut out. Shesterkin was amazing. Uh, 20 saves out of 21 shots. And as we know, he was pulled early with the, like you know, a little over two minutes left uh, with uh, you know, desperation, desperation calls. Uh, for uh, for you to do things like that in, in hockey, I guess. But Brendan Smith with the goal against Shesterkin. Meanwhile, Ranta, 21-21. These these two goalies have been just absolutely spectacular. The over-under last night was 5.5 in regard to goals. So I uh, had it there. And I'm going to continue to play that trend because defense really has been the key here in this series. You're talking about two of the best defensive hockey teams in uh, in the National Hockey League. Now, uh, different different... Game one, we saw the Rangers really dominate the minutes, right? Like, if you go back and you look, you'd say the Rangers dominated 40 of the 60 minutes. Not the case here. But, you know, what What I'm seeing, and, and I'm sure what a number of Rangers fans are seeing, is that they're getting shots off, but they're nowhere near the net. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and you look at game one, you go back to game one, and a very valiant effort. Again, two very excellent defensive games that we've seen played. But the puck definitely bounced in favor of Carolina, especially the last two minutes of the third period. And, of course, in overtime, stuff that's very, very frustrating, um, especially as uh, we heard Gallant come out and say game one, he felt that was the best game the Rangers played all season, but still lost. And, uh, and it, was, it was unfortunate last night. Again, just uh, great penalty kills on both sides. Um, Carolina, un- unfortunately, winning all the face-offs. But here, here's, here's where the positive is. And that is Carolina 4-0 at home, 0-3 on the road in their first series. And you, you got to – I'm just going to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776, Rangers fans. You got to feel good about what you saw in the first two, two games. Um, at Carolina, hostile environment, best defensive hockey team in, in, in the postseason. You know, a very young, inexperienced Rangers team going up against, keep in mind, you've got six players uh, who were former Rangers who are now on, on that Carolina squad. So even though, unfortunately, the Rangers are down 0-2 in the series, 
I feel that there is optimism, and I feel that there is a really good chance the Rangers get come back here, get back here to the Garden, and uh, and have an opportunity to even this series up. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, you've you've got you've got some great baseball taking place. So uh, so the Mets. Uh, Double header tonight. First pitch is at three o'clock this afternoon. Later on, it's at at eight forty. Um, you've got Carrasco. This will be his first time pitching at Coors Field. Williams uh, will be the second pitcher later on tonight at eight forty. What does that lineup? Not the lineup. What is the what is the rotation look like right now uh, with uh, with Scherzer out? As we know, um, disappointing news this week that Scherzer is going to be on the shelf for probably the next four to six weeks because of the oblique injury. We know what's going on with DeGrom, not expected to come back until June, whether that's mid-June, late June, whatever the case may be. News today is that uh, the Mets, they added Trevor Cahill, 34 years old, journeyman, but it's going to take him a month to ramp up. So what is this rotation for the Mets going to look like? Bassett, Carrasco, Walker, Williams, Peterson. Uh, that's where, you know, that's, that's what it's going to look like right now. So what needs to happen? Bullpen needs to step up, be a little bit better. I think they rank Mets bullpen ranks 13th or 15th, I think, in Major League Baseball. Okay, not bad, uh, but they, they can do better. Lindor needs to step up. He's getting paid all that money. He needs to do a little bit better. We know what we get with, uh, with Pete Alonso, that's for sure. Uh, great uh, home run in the 10th the other day to win it against the Cards. Um but you know, I, I'm not, and I, I'd love to hear from Mets fans. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I'm not. If I was a Mets fan, I, I wouldn't be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I'm not here to walk anybody off the ledge. I, I don't think you have to be totally, uh, you know, terrified right now in regard to the fact that you don't have your two best aces in the rotation. Uh, let's see how this does play out because you know Bassett and, and Carrasco definitely has stepped up. In, in, with solid efforts throughout the season, and the Mets do have the best record in the National League. So, um, you know, I, I just and this is a bump in the road. It's a long season. We know that, and and many teams across Major League Baseball are going to have bumps in the road. This one just came a little bit sooner than most. Sooner, obviously, uh, than than the Yankees. That's for sure. But nonetheless, th- this type of thing is going to happen with a variety of ball clubs. So. Uh, it's just it's it's how the Mets respond, and 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 you know can they continue to win series? They're not going to win them all. We know that they didn't with Scherzer, but you know can they continue to win series without their two aces in the rotation? Like I said, I like I I like today. I like the Mets today again. Carrasco first time pitching at Coors Field. Okay, uh, but this is a Mets team. Listen, they're they're good uh, when when uh, they have doubles uh, in the course of a day. And they they had the day off yesterday because of the snow. Sounds crazy saying that, right? Uh, so now their bullpen is rested. So if if Carrasco cannot go past six, you know they've got a rested bullpen. Um, I, I think Coors Field fits them nicely, especially their bats. Um, and and the weather apparently the weather is going to be cold. Apparently it's going to be forty five degrees uh, at 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 first pitch. And and this is a, a Mets team that doesn't really have any issues when it comes to playing in, in cold weather conditions. As for Colorado, Marquez struggles. Um, it just has, has not been able to find the, uh, the zone. And let's be honest, Colorado has arguably worst bullpen in major league baseball. So I think this is, I think this is a great opportunity for the Mets to get a win today and, uh, and, and possibly 
win the series. I don't know. Sweep the series. We'll see what happens. As for the Yankees, uh, rain out yesterday. So they're getting ready to take on the White Sox. Now you got Cortez going up against Keuchel. Keuchel, 554 ERA. Uh, very little to no velocity this season. And he's got some major control issues. Now, this is a White Sox team. They're good against left-handed pitchers, but last time Cortez went up against the White Sox, eight innings, uh, only gave up one run, and only gave up three hits. So, uh, you know, Cortez definitely has his way with with this White Sox team. Um, he's got a, a 30... I, I, I read this today. He's got a 32.5% strikeout rate right now is it is it too soon is it too soon to put Cortez in that in that Cy Young conversation I don't think so no it's not too soon but I I don't think so Ty he's been great now now he's taking it to another level this year he was fantastic for the Yankees last year as well Uh, this year thrust himself into the Cy Young conversation this is going to sound like um, foolish uh-oh. But it's 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 I, I think accurate. Nestor Cortez, the reason why people don't want to take it seriously is A, he doesn't have like the, the history, the resume of someone who you would imagine would win a Cy Young. And he just doesn't look like a Cy Young Award winner. Like he he goes out there, you know, he 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 pitches with tempo and what what does a let me what does a Cy Young winner like he doesn't look, look dominant look look like, like dominant. Like he, he doesn't look like you know, Cole and Scherzer, DeGrom, like, you know, uh, those guys who are just going to dominate you. Like that intimidating factor, you know, blowing the ball right past. Like he doesn't look like a dominant pitcher, but then you watch, you actually watch him and then you look at the numbers, he, he's been incredible for the Yankees. I get he, what, he, I, he's I, been tremendous. And I was going to say, I get what Ty's, you know, where he's coming from. Not that there's a look for a Cy Young type pitcher, but... You know, he's not even six foot. He kind of looks like a guy that could be walking around Manhattan and you wouldn't be recognized. And Anita, I have a question for you. Mm. His contract, we all talk about Garrett Cole's contract, of course, getting $300 plus million. But Nestor Cortez Jr., we're arguing if he's in the Cy Young discussion, he might be in the, the discussion for the best uh, bargain in all of sports. He's currently at a one year $727,000 contract. So for $727,000, which of course for, you know, myself, I would gladly take that money. But for a baseball player, especially someone who leads the entire league in ERA to be making less than a million dollars, he might be the best bargain in all of sports. Yes, but everybody wants to run Cashman out of town. Well, that's just, you know, straight up silly. And it's funny because we're watching <laughs> we're watching the Yes pregame now. And they just had a graphic with Clay Holmes how he has he's given up one run this year, and that's just another you know quiet find that Cashman found. If you're going to kill Cashman for the Gallo stuff, which I get, Gallo has been terrible. You have to give him praise for the small finds that he has. Of course, Voight, Didi over the last few years to name some, but Clay Holmes this year, Clay Holmes is quietly one of the best, if not the best reliever in all of baseball right now. Um, so. I, I I don't get why Yankee fans hate on Cashman. I just don't get it. I don't either. 800-919-3776. Uh, you've got uh, the Yankees' first pitch coming your way in just less than uh, 30 minutes. I'm going to give you some plays there. Uh, I love the Yankees today. Uh, I'm going to lay the one and a half runs. Why, Keiko? 
Uh, he's just again no velocity i know last time he faced the yankees okay i think he was he was extremely lucky but a 554 era meanwhile the yankees first in exit velocity and first in hard hitting percentage and that's one thing that keichel does struggle with and so i'm going to take the yankees minus one and a half i'm also going to play the team total over five and a half uh runs for the yankees today i i, I think they just destroy keichel you're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Am I too optimistic with 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 this Rangers series, considering they're down 0-2, but like what I've seen in the first two games? Am, am I am I should I be more cautiously optimistic or So I think there are two different ways to attack this. One way is to say look, that the games have been really close, intense, the Rangers had a lead in game one that they quote-unquote blew, a one-nothing lead. I, I don't know if you want to consider that blowing a lead. Technically it is, but, you know, they went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams uh, still remaining in the playoffs, so it shows you that they're right there. The other side of it can be, man, you're going into what essentially is a must-win game tomorrow at home. You get down early, you're going to be tight. It's going to suck the life out of that building, and your season could be over because – uh, these the Hurricanes. They're not the Penguins. Like they, those are two different um, situations you're going up against. And part of what helped you come back against Pittsburgh was the injury to Crosby. Whereas you know the Canes are, are are just a better team, and it's not the same circumstance to be in. So I think I don't I don't think the series is over. I feel like Ranger fans should still be encouraged because of what they saw in the first two games. You come back and win tomorrow, and then you feel a lot differently heading into a game four where you get a chance to even the series. But just to use the old cliche that we always, the cliche that we always go to in sports, it's one game at a time. You're not going to tie the series tomorrow, but just get that one. Just get that one, and I, I think they'll win tomorrow. And then Ranger fans will be able to sleep easy heading into Game Four. Jake, so we we're not both the biggest hockey guys, but we do produce a lot of. Oh, and hockey. I and I and I am. <laughs> well, you're we're, you know we we do follow here <laughs> since we do cover it here for ninety eight seven, but. As Ty mentioned, it's a one-game kind of scenario. You just got to look at it one game, one period at a time. And as Ty mentioned, the Rangers really should have left Carolina with at least one win. Both losses Mm -hmm. were terrible. I was actually watching with a friend last night, and she's watching. She's not a big hockey fan either. And she goes, oh, there's not much action going on. And I said, wait, there was just a huge penalty. Now the Rangers are going to have four minutes where they have an extra person on the ice. So something should happen. Little did I know that it would be a goal for Carolina, but that's just devastating and obviously can happen. So I don't know what's worse, the game one loss where they blew it in the final minutes or the game two loss where they gave up one goal on a shorthanded goal when they had four minutes to kind of take care of it. So both losses were brutal, but to Ty's point, they are coming home. They've been resilient all year, and this is the fight, the young players. You want to see some of the veterans like Panarin, who's kind of been MIA, Zabanajad needs to step it up, and Kreider, who's been so good for them all year, you know, they need to start scoring. So you're not going to win any games if, you know, a one nothing loss is kind of brutal, but, you know, Shesterkin did his job. The offense didn't do theirs. And, and look, yeah. Anita, just go back to game one. Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to actually uh, can give you confidence in the Rangers and also frustrate you at the same time. Because I'm, I'm leaning more towards frustration because I have no, a feeling I know where you're going here. <laughs> you go back to game one through mm-hmm. the first two periods. Uh, if, if you're a Ranger fan, that was probably the best you felt the entire season. After the game, Gallant says 
it was the best game they've played all year. So imagine how you felt after the first two when they were up one nothing. If uh, Kako scores that open net goal, they win that game, and it's a completely different series. So you can just say we're, we're, he scores that goal in his sleep. Like, you give him 500 chances to, to be in that same situation, you'd say 499 times he scores that, and that's how close you are uh, from being tied in this series as opposed to being down 2-0. So I, I think that is something that if the Rangers go on to lose this series, it's going to haunt them. But just heading into a Game 3 after what we've seen the first two games, I, I think it's something that can give you confidence. Yeah, I mean, listen, and, and I think a lot of this is going to be on Gallant and, and keep in mind, a very young, right, a, a very young roster here with the Rangers, being able to um, pick yourself up, brush yourself off off, off of a disappointing, again, I, I feel that that first game Rangers dominated 40 of the first of, of, of the 60 minutes. Just the puck did not bounce their way, right? Like towards, what, two minutes left in the third, and then, of course, in overtime. So they let that escape them, and as Jake... Uh, pointed out, you know, uh, two guys out on a power play, and, and you're up, you know, you're you're up five three with with men on on the ice, and then oh, Carolina scores. Like, how often does that happen? Uh, not that not that often. And so in those two instances, you again a very disappointing. You play such a great game, hard fought, great defense. Shesterkin was great, and then all of a sudden, oh no, really? This happens to us. Pick yourself up again, brush yourself off, and continue. Let's go to our phone lines. Let's go to Russell. Russell, welcome in. Good afternoon. Hi, Anita. Thanks so much for taking my call. You know, I'm, I'm in the car, and I'm listening to everybody, and you guys talk about the Rangers. I, I don't know what you're watching, honestly. The Rangers, other than Shesterkin, who's done anything? Does anybody in the top six even have more than two shots on goal in two games? They've scored a single goal in two games. And Carolina played like crap in the first two periods of the first game. But you're you're, ta- you're talking about you're talking about arguably the the not arguably best defense defensive team in in, in the NHL. They right. That's my they point. if if you go back you look at the regular season, especially on home ice, um, they don't give up a lot of goals. Listen to me. Regular season hockey and playoff hockey are different. Carolina is a far better and more complete team, and they're proving it. And the Rangers have done nothing. Their stars have done nothing. And I, listen, I'm not a Ranger fan, but I'm not a Ranger hater. I love the game. I watch the game. Carolina is outclassing the Rangers completely. So how do you? So before we let you before we let you go, how do you see the series? What you you think you? How do you think the series think, plays out? Then they're, they're coming I, back. I, I pick Carolina in five games, and if the Rangers don't win tomorrow night, they're probably getting swept. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. I agree with you that I do believe uh, tomorrow's game is, is, is really, really crucial um, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously. But again, I, I do. I understand what you're saying offensively. Nothing to write home about. But defensively, really, that has been uh, the key here with, uh, with this series. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. A lot going on today. That's for sure. Uh Yankees uh, first pitch in just a few minutes. Like I said, I like the Yankees. I'm laying the one and a half with Cortez. Keiko, no bueno. Uh, I also like uh, team total over five and a half runs for uh, the Yankees. So you've got uh, just a few minutes to get in on that if you want to tie um, 
<laughs> uh, let's 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 talk about the Yankees for a second. As we know, right? Uh, they they lose to the Orioles. Oh, the sky's falling. The sky's falling. Okay, yeah. Uh, Cashman needs to go lose to the Orioles, please. Three and one in that in that four game series. Uh, but uh, what, what conversation that that developed from that was the fact that you've got Aaron Hicks, Gallo, and Higgy all batting under one ninety six. But you know what? This team is still winning. Okay, this team is still winning. Why? Well, guys like Cortez, who we just discussed not too long ago, uh, you know, should be in the discussion for the Cy Young. Um, you know, Garrett Cole obviously is 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 dealing, which is great. Uh, pitching, starting pitching, definitely is, uh, in my opinion, performed above expectation, which is great. But here, here's here's the thing, and I don't think enough. And we we use the word sexy the other night, guys. Right, right. Like, um, you know, what, what does okay? So what does Aaron Hicks do well? Right, he was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts against the Orioles. He's batting 196, but you know what does he do well? Well, he's a great defensive outfielder, especially when he plays center. He's got a great arm. He's got a good eye. He works the count, and he and he gets walks. So now he's on base. Now you got you know Stanton or Judge coming up. Now they blast their home run. Now you're looking at 2-0 as opposed to 1-0. You know that's what Aaron Hicks brings. But is that sexy? No, it's not sexy. It's not as sexy as Aaron Judge. You know, 307, 14 home runs. Should be more, by the way. No, it's not as sexy. Gallo's a, a, a solid starting left fielder. And and it's not just Higgy. It's not just one catcher, but both catchers call good games. How many times, you know, have, have we had the discussion, oh, this this pitcher doesn't want to pitch to that that catcher, that doesn't like working with that catcher. This catcher's great defense. And you got to commend the fact, you know, Torres now on second, bring back Rizzo. Rizzo's doing a great job at first. Donaldson at third. You know, there, there's so many things that are going right. Not, 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 it's next to impossible for everything to be perfect on a team. It is next to impossible. And even though, yeah, I, I mean, is not an outlier the fact that the Yankees have the best record in Major League Baseball with three starters batting under 196? Could be. Could be. Is, it, is this going to sustain? Possibly not. Possibly not. But, um, you know, I, I just, it's, I just, I found it somewhat comical. I mean, obviously, and it was, it was the team that the Yankees lost to the other night, as opposed to the fact that they lost, for sure. Um, but, but now entering into a, a really good opportunity here this weekend at home against the White Sox. Um, Keiko on, on the bump for the White Sox, uh, again, five, five, four ERA doesn't have a lot of velocity came across this stat. Uh, the Yankees first in exit velocity and first in hard hitting percentage. I, I think Keiko gets destroyed today. So they get back in, in, into the, that, that winning, um, the winning realm. But let's dive into what's going on with, with Aaron judge, because obviously one of the biggest storylines uh, th- this season in major league baseball and it started before the season began. Why? Because the Yankees and, and Aaron Judge were trying to work out a deal, uh, and it didn't get consummated. So, uh, and and un, not very uh, not typical of a Major League Baseball team, really presenting to outward like like just standing in front of a podium podium and saying Brian Cashman saying this is what we offered Aaron Judge and, th- and he turned it down seven years two thirteen point five what selfish. How can you do that? This is a great offer. This is a great extension. You're 31 years old. You've got you've you've had durability issues. Now let's let's call a spade a spade. Aaron Judge so far this season has been terrific, but 
Only twice in his career has he been able to play 112 games, and he is 31 years old. Okay, that, that, that is a big key here. That is a big key here. What could have gotten that deal done? Possibly eight years, $250 million. Okay, Garrett Cole's making 324. You sit back and say, you know, do you sometimes sit back and say, all right, this is the biggest reason why the Yankees are winning. Is it because Garrett Cole is dealing every five to six days? Or is it because Aaron Judge is, is, is crushing the snot out of the ball each and every night? And where do you put your value there? So what happens now, right? Like, deal didn't get done. Aaron Judge is invested in himself. He's having an unbelievable season this year. So what happens now? What realistically, what, what could be presented to him in the winter? Hey, $300 million, where maybe the Yankees could have got this deal done at 250 That's That's, that's going to be a hard pill to swallow for the Yankees and Brian Cashman. I would, I would imagine so, wouldn't you? 800-919-3776. And, and, you know, th- this, is, this, is a, this is an interesting conversation to have right now because, again, Aaron Judge is having such a phenomenal season so far. Uh, I want to say, by the way, 5-1 uh, to one to win the MVP. I, I put money down on that this, this past week. Um, I'm all over that. But really, the big key here is going to be his durability. Can he, stay, can he stay healthy all season? I think that's unrealistic to ask. But if he does miss time, how many games does he miss? Is it a 10-day IL here, 10-day IL there, or is it significant? I think that's going to be really key in regard to what type of contract is going to come knocking for him. Now, I went back. Guys in, in Major League Baseball that got big deals at the age of 31, 32, Alex Rodriguez, 275. Freddie Freeman, 162 at the age of 32. Just putting that in perspective. I know it's a different day right now than when Alex played. I get that. But don't, don't for a second think that Cohen and the Mets aren't going to come knocking. Some other teams that I, I believe will have interest in, uh, in, in Aaron, and, and that is the Rangers, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Marlins, the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Padres, the Giants, the Nats, the Twins. These are teams that have money, like to be aggressive in free agency, want to go out there, not afraid to spend, not, fr- not afraid to, to pay the, 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 the excess tax. But, you know, interesting in regard to, you know, just looking at the numbers, what could have gotten this deal done? And in this great column, again, it's, it's up on ESPN.com, um, is, and, and it's, it's all, it's speculation. I know, it's speculation, right? Uh, that this deal could have gotten done for about 250 for eight years. But again, I think sometimes we forget Aaron's 31 years old. And he's got some durability issues. 800-919-3776. Let's get to your calls. Uh, let's go to uh, Steve, who's calling in from Vegas. Nice. Steve, welcome in. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. All right. So what, what, what I'm looking at is Judge, he wants to test the market and see what's out there. What, what I want the Yankees to do is just to try to ensure, not that you're going to win the World Series or even get to it, but at least the offense that we've been having over the last couple of years when we get to the playoffs hasn't been good enough. Somehow it dies down. The pitching is there. You know, we don't got a good closer right now because Chapman looks like he's going to blow every game. You know, but I think we should be aggressive when it comes to trying to get Soto. And I think that you do that to at least have a backup to make sure that Judge does decide to walk. 
and you have an offense that is that is going to be a lot stronger when playoff time comes around because I don't think Judge is really planning on staying. I think he's going to play his heart out, and, and he's, he's too big to really realistically expect him to stay as healthy as you want him to be every year. You know, he's pushing it right now, but you could kind of see when he's on the bench, he's rubbing his knees, he's running around. They got him playing center field and right field. They don't know where they want to put him. When you play center, it has a more wear on your body. You know what I mean? So I think they should be aggressive, go after Soto, make sure that offense is as strong as you could possibly make it. It's not going to be easy, but empty the farm system because we haven't won nothing since 09. And I think the city is hungry for somebody to do something to make sure that we have the best shot to win the championship. That's it. That's all I want to see. Forget about next year. Forget about three years and five years from now because we haven't even been able to win one. We got to try to just get there and and put the best group that we can. So we got to try to get Soto. Empty the farm system. Just get that guy and let's have this offense go. That's what I'm thinking. Good call, Steve. Appreciate you. 800-919-3776. Let's go to um, Alessandro. Alessandro, welcome in. Hey, uh, Nina Marks, first time, long time listener. Love your show. You're my favorite uh, female out there. Best show in the country. I've been listening for many years. I love your insight with the Yankees. And, and you know what it is? I just want your perspective on, you know, a lot of people knock the Yankees for what was going on in the offseason. They didn't make all the moves. We didn't go and we didn't get the top-notch shortstops out there, the big pitchers. But you got to hand it to Cashman. You know, I would have said fire him, fire him, fire him. But the guy pulled the right cards because we're in first place. And, you know, a couple questions for you. Will it last? Number one. Um, will Judge and the pitching staff last? last? Will, will the bullpen keep improving? And, you know, it's uh, what, what moves do you think the, the, the Yankees need to make? I mean, in my mind, uh, the starting pitching, the hitting, the, the you know, they're playing to the uniform. And, you know, they're playing to the uniform. They're not playing to the back of the names. So, I mean, I, I can't tell you I know every single name out there because there's so many names going in and out. But what I see is I see a unit and I see a team out there playing that's playing to win the game. You have Rizzo who came back, who's playing really sharp. Judge, we want to see him back. He's hurt, but maybe we can get him on a five-year deal. Cole has been okay. Obviously, he's not the same pitcher off the spider tack, but as a unit, we're playing very well together. The shortstop we picked up has done very, very well. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, solid call. I don't, I don't have those. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have those answers for you. All I can tell you is that it's a long season. Okay, and uh, and and you you you, it, it would be naive to not expect injury. It would be naive to not expect some type of um, dip in whatever performance is happening here. I think what, the, but but keep in mind, there's two parts to the Major League Baseball season, right? You start the season, you want to start the season strong, like we're seeing, not just. The Yankees, but the Mets do as well. And then you get into July, you get in, you get closer to the trade deadline, and you have the haves and the have-nots. What do, what do I think that the Yankees need to do? And um, I I have said this time and time again. Like I just I'd like another ace in the rotation. It's just not the direction that that, that Cashman goes. Fine, listen. I, I mean, you know, he's the one who's making the buku bucks. He's the one who's got this Yankees team is the best record in Major League Baseball. So I'll just follow his lead, even though sometimes I do I, I do openly 
uh, disagree with it, but uh, you know, I, I could see them going out and, and, and bringing in another bat that's that's batting you know two two fifty as opposed to one ninety six or one seventy six or one sixty one. So uh, do they even prove this this lineup? Possibly. Um, I'd like to see them get another an, another uh, guy in the rotation. Uh, that's what I'd like because especially you know it, it's one thing it's it's one thing to be in contention. It's another to win a World Series. And I and I feel that you can never have enough enough depth or enough great starting pitching to win a World Series, uh, guys. Before we take a break, Ty, uh, Jake, I, I know you guys are big fans of the Yankees. Curious, what what would you like to see if? And it's c- kind of crazy that we're sitting here talking about a team that's got the number. Can we just marinate in that for a minute? We're talking about the team that's got the best record in Major League Baseball, and our conversation is, well, how do you want to see them improve? Well, I think that's because. You know, Yankee fans are looking towards October. We've had successful regular seasons pretty much the entire history of the Yankees. It's been since 2009 that they reached the World Series. So now, since we've had this great start to the season, what happens in May and June doesn't really matter too much as long as they continue to, you know, head towards the postseason. But, yeah, it's tough to kind of nitpick when you're at the top of the standings. But if I had to pick something... I don't want to jinx it and knock on wood, but we see with the Mets these injuries taking place. The Yankees over the last few years have really been hit by the injury bug. So far, so good, and I don't even want to really put that energy into the world, even though I just did. But you have to imagine that guys like Judge and Stanton, who have had these histories of getting injured, you know, so far, so good. But again, knock on wood that that can continue until the postseason. I concur. There is such a rejection to being seduced by regular season success for Yankee fans because we've seen it come apart in the playoffs uh, when you least expect it. And it's always, well, you lost to the better team, and, and now you start to wonder, when are we going to be that better team? So right now it looks like the Yankees are the best team in baseball. They've got the best run differential, the best record. Uh, everything seems to be clicking. Every button, Aaron Boone has pushed, seems to have worked. They just experienced their first significant injury, by the way, with Chad Green. Looks like he's going to miss, uh, might miss the rest of the season. The Yankees haven't announced anything yet, but uh, lots of concern with that. But they've had injury luck. Everything seems to be going right. We're, we're just conditioned to believe that once you get to October, that's when it starts to come apart. So I, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why you, you hear the constant complaining. Because you're projecting toward October, and the regular season almost becomes like something that really doesn't matter. Just get through it healthy, win the division, and then we'll see what happens when when the uh, playoffs roll around. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is Click, 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 or Don't. Very simply, here's the headline. Are you interested in clicking or not? Click or don't click, a fun way we tour around our wide, wide world of sport and find out what is trending at 1.40 p.m. on the Saturday afternoon. Our producers lead the way as always, and that is Ty and Jake. Gentlemen? Show me the money. Oh, you know I'm clicking that. Well, you should click it because you are, I don't know, two wins away from cashing in on your preseason pick to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Uh, Anita Marks throwing some coin, as she would say, on the Warriors uh, to represent the West. And right now, they are up 2-0 on the Mavs, fresh off of a a nine-point victory last night. This game was just so devastating if you're a Mavs fan 
because if I told you beforehand, Luka Doncic would go for you know, 42 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Brunson would add 31. Reggie Bullock, who Nick fans are familiar with, would hit 6 threes and route to 21 points. You would have a 19-point lead in this game. You, without question, thought the series would be tied going back to Dallas, but that is not the case because the Warriors in that second half uh, outscored Dallas by... Uh, what was it, 33 points, I'm sorry, 23 points en-, en route to a 126 to 117 victory. So tough night for the Mavs. Luka was fantastic, but not enough. They're in a hole right now, and the Warriors two wins away from getting back to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2019. Um, Really, really unbelievable. Um, You know, and, and Luka played with, he, he's got the flu. Yeah. Or right. Had, uh, they were. Uh, I know they said he was sick. I don't, I don't know if they said it was the flu. No. Yeah. I, I know they they said he was sick, but yeah. I mean, to still go for forty two eight and five last night when you're not feeling great and did it with relatively you know good efficiency twelve for twenty three from the field. I mean, he was fantastic. Started the second half a little slow, but he really you know revved up the engine in the fourth quarter. But it, there was too much firepower, and it wasn't like. Like Curry went for thirty, but what really hurt the Mavs last night it was Kevon Looney, it was oh, yeah. Otto Porter, <laughs> Otto Porter Jr. You know Jordan Poole, like the others as Shaq would call them, really stepped up in crunch time, and then Curry was there to bring them home with the dagger three, and now the Warriors, you know they're 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 close, they're six ones away from another championship, and I, and I tell you this as someone who's rooting, who's rooted hard for Kevin Durant. I'll be honest, if the if the Warriors win a championship, a couple of things are going to happen. We're going to start to debate, like, Steph Curry's all-time ranking. Where is he? Does he enter the top 10? Who gets removed from that? Uh, Steve Kerr, his rankings as, as a head coach. Draymond Green, Hall of Famer, obviously. So we have those conversations. But then it's also going to be like, man, how does this look for Kevin Durant? Yeah, you won the two championships with the Warriors, but they've now sandwiched those two championships with winning before you and then after you. So that's not a great look for him. Um, no, as, as well as Harden as well. You know, I mean, you know, I, I think Kevin Durant and, and Harden, I, I think they take a big hit here uh, based on, on how we see this, this postseason play out for sure. But yes, um, Warriors game, Warriors Mavs game three is set for tomorrow, and uh, it's a must. It's a must. I technically not a must win, but it is a must win for Dallas. You're not going to go down three zero. You may you might not win the series anyway, down two zero, but certainly not going to win it if you go down three zero. So that's going to be a big big game tomorrow. We'll see how they respond. They were down two games to nothing to Phoenix in the previous round. Uh, the Suns aren't the Warriors. We're, we're learning that this is a much better team. They're much deeper and just much more nuanced offensively. Um, so we'll see if they can get the ball rolling tomorrow. What else you guys got? All right, so I'm switching over, and my headline is Big Blue over Gang Green. Ooh, this is our first time talking football today. I'll click that. All right, well, the thing I love about football is it seems like it never really goes away. Even when the Super Bowl happens in between you always get some type of story with the draft or a free agency, so something's always happening. But one thing that happened this week is that ESPN came out with their 2022 NFL Power Rankings. And Anita, have you seen this yet? I have not. Okay, so I'm going to break some news to you. So Big Blue over Gang Green 
it's not really that impressive since both New York football teams have not been great. But out of the 32 teams, the Jets come in at number 29 and Mm. the Giants come in at number 25. So according to the experts, they do believe that the Giants will be better than the Jets. Again, that doesn't say much, but the power rankings have the Jets at 29 and the Giants at 25. And before I go to the top five, Anita, mm-hmm. I want to know, where, do you think that's too high? Are the Giants too high or the Jets too low after their successful draft? What do you think? Are, you, are they going to be surprises to a lot of people or are they just right where they're ranked now? Um, I got destroyed the other day and then um, I, I, Brady, Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn, right? Is it, he's on CBS, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, he came out, he said the same thing I did, but after I said it, and that was that I, I think there's a possibility that the Jets go 9-0. and um, I, I pray to God that that doesn't you happen. You mean 0-9, because oh if and they nine. went 9-0, I right. mean... Right, 0-9, oh sorry, sorry, 0-9, oh 0-9. Oh Don't get oh us excited. That's a sorry, mistake I'm, I'm, multi- I'm multitasking here, I'm multitasking. <laughs> so, I need to focus. Uh, I did say that, that there's a potential that they have the possibility of going 0-9. I, I don't think the NFL did them any favors in regard to their schedule. Uh, the fact that they have to open up against all AFC North opponents, I thought I think for sure they go 0-4. The fact they have to open up to Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, a healthy Ravens team... Um, and, and, and here's the thing, listen, I, I'm, I, I'm excited for what the Jets were able to do in the draft. They crushed it, right? To me, Garrett Wilson, I, I just, I, I love the pick. Probably my favorite pick of all picks was Garrett Wilson. So, um, I just, when they take the field on regular season game one against the Ravens, there is a chance that you will have third, count them, 13. There is a chance that you will have 13 either rookies or one or or second year players on that roster. And now they have to go up against a Lamar Jackson very um dynamic explosive offense and and a defense that um is arguably best secondary in the NFL, solid offense, solid defensive line, great linebacking core. I just I just I, I think I think the future here it is. I think the future is really bright for this Jets team. I just don't think this is gonna be the year. Their their schedule is brutal. It's just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely brutal. So, um and, and it's hard sometimes when you get off to a slow start or you're down oh four, oh six, um, you know, and, and you hear the media, you hear the fans, it, it just it it just it permeates inside uh the the uh the facility and, and I and I think it, it could it could get difficult. So, um, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are expecting much out of the Giants or the Jets this year. I mean, 25 and 29th on the power rankings is not great, but the top five teams that uh, experts do expect to, you know, make a deep Super Bowl run at number five, we have the Green Bay Packers, which is a little surprising. Obviously, Devontae Adams gone. So it'll be interesting to see who Aaron Rodgers is even throwing the ball to, but we have Packers at five, the Kansas City Chiefs at four, at number three, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number two, the reigning Super Bowl champions at uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and do you want to guess at who they have at number one on the power rankings? Give, I'm sorry, give me the t- give me the four again. What were number four? five, Packers, number four, Chiefs, number three, Buccaneers, number two, Rams. Oh, Bills. And that is correct, Anita. Your yeah. Buffalo Bills. I know you're a big Josh Allen. My Buffalo Bills. I know you like Josh Allen. At some point, uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to have to cash in on every single year 
people picking them to win the Super Bowl. Well, people forget they did just add Von Miller, which is, you know, going to be a They're going to have to cash in on that because it feels like every year the Bills are like the hot, sexy pick and then they... Don't even really? Know. You think each and every year? I, I think I, I just last sure. year they started being the, the 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 sexy pick. If I'm not mistaken, it was the last. It's been the last three years now. No, we, I'm gonna have to go back and check. But I, I obviously last year it was. I'm almost certain the year before it was as well. So this would now be three. I think straight the Chiefs. Years. The Chiefs have been the sexy pick for a long time, but with no Tyree yeah. Kill. This is such a weird year with the yeah, off but, season with all these trades. Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams. It's. I think. This this year is kind of a, a toss up. Anyone but, can really win. But but keep in mind they added Juju Smith Schuster, who's not a number one. I get that, but um, you know he's 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 definitely good. And they added um, MVS, um, Scanley from the right Packers. from 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 the Packers, who is a speedster. And and I think what they're looking is is that that one two punch equating to what Tyreek Hill was able to do. Uh, MVS able to stretch the field and Juju Smith-Schuster being more of a possession-wide receiver um, along with Kelsey and um, Miko and, uh, you know, their, their cast of characters who they have there. So, but here, here's, here's one team people are sleeping on in that division, the Chargers. Chargers win that, watch, Chargers going to win that division. Well, because they missed the playoffs last year. Chargers are going to win that, man, you look at what the Chargers have, have been yeah. able to do, whoa. Whoa! I think people are sleeping on the Chargers this year for sure. Uh, you got—I I know we're up ag- ag- against it. You guys got one more. Right, we gonna- just a quick Yankee update for you. So mm-hmm. they're in the bottom of the second inning at the stadium, mm-hmm. threatening right now. Already up one nothing. Hicks at the plate mm-hmm. because I- oh, IKF no. has. Oh uh, no! I'm nervous. What are you going to tell me? IKF knocked the run in with the with the single. So the Yankees up one nothing. But Hicks at the plate, second and third. Uh, two men out right now in the Bronx. It was reported before the game that the Yankees have placed Chad Green uh, on the IL uh, because of a strained right elbow. He could be headed towards surgery, though he's getting second second opinions. But it does not look good uh, for Chad Green. This is the first significant injury of the season for the New York Yankees. But as I mentioned, they're up right now one nothing in the Bronx against Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Aaron Hicks at the plate, who I mean, the one guy you don't want at the plate, I guess, would be Joey Gallows. But if there's a, a list, the second guy would be Aaron Hicks. He's at the plate uh, looking, to, looking to get the Yankees uh, some cushion uh, sporting that one nothing lead right now. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Joe, it is uh, race eight at Pimlico. goes off in about 15 minutes. Uh, I love the six horse here. Atone. Race eight? Race eight. Horse six. Atone. Atone, yep, with uh, Ortiz. you got a good driver there, the trainer, Michael Maker, there. Um, you know, it's, it's a good race, and I'm looking forward to that race, but I'm live at Monmouth right now, and I know the races aren't as competitive at Monmouth as they are at Pimlico, but there's a race that goes off at Monmouth in about five minutes. Uh, in race six, it's a nine-to-five shot. Uh, Exchequer with Isaac Castillo is my pick at Monmouth. Uh, it's a beautiful day here, Anita. It's uh, as soon as you get better, you and I got to get together, jump in the Beamer, and drive down the parkway, get stuck in bumping the bump of traffic for two hours like I did and get the Monmouth racetrack. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. 
<laughs> Again, Joe Wiz just joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. He has his own gambling show here as well that you can tune into on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. So, uh, Joe, uh, let's let's dive into it um, and and uh, let's uh, let's start with the ponies since we're talking about them anyway. Preakness uh, post time is 7:01. Um, where are you finding value here? How are you, how are you going to play that race later on today? Well, you know, the best horse in the field obviously is the uh, favorite Epic Center, but I, I think that there's potential that, um, you know, he might not win the race. And um, uh, my picks in these races here, uh, in this race here, are like simplification a little bit uh, on the rail um, like with Johnny V. He's 0 for 11, though, in the practice. That's my only concern. Longshot is Creative, uh, creative Minster, uh, 10 to 1, Anita. Uh, but my choice to win the actual race, I'm going with the Philly. I'm going with Secret Oath, okay? I had her in the Oaks, in the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, I think that uh, this horse, uh, you know, six Phillies have won it in the practice, and I think this is number seven. And, of course, we all have a soft spot for mr wayne lucas <laughs> that's that's for sure um you know she came in third at the uh against the fellows in the arkansas derby so um so you know she could definitely place yeah, um, Secret Oath, I think, like it says, I mean, you know, Preakness, I mean, you know, the reason why uh, uh, Rich Strike didn't run at the Preakness is it's a speed-favoring uh, track. Um, Secret Oath can take the lead. I think that what's going to happen in this race here, if you call it out early, I think early voting with Jose Ortiz is going to take the lead with Chad Brown. And I think that uh, Epic Center right there is going to be right with, with uh, early voting. And I think uh, uh, Secret Oath is going to sit right there in that spot and um, going to stalk the pace. And I think that uh, when it's all said and done, we're going to have our seventh Philly to win the Preakness. And uh, we're, all rooting, we're all rooting for uh, Secret Oath. I have a special heart and special feelings for, you know, these Phillies when they run up against the boys. It, that's, it's a tough task, but um, I think you're getting some good value there. The odds are going up, and we're getting good value here at almost 8-1 to one, uh, some spots I've seen with Secret Oath. Again, Joe Wiz joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe, I really haven't had a lot of time to talk because of the Mets and the Yankees and, uh, and, and the PGA Championship and the Preakness and the Rangers. Haven't had a lot of time to talk about the NBA. We've got a great game later on tonight. Um, series is tied 2-2. Boston got destroyed in Game 1 in Miami, came back, uh, really embarrassed Miami on their home court. Now we got Game 3 tonight. Uh, this, is a, uh, this is a Boston team that's favored by six. Uh, you you got to play in this one later on this evening? Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the series is tied at one apiece. Um, you know, it's both games have gone over, Anita, um, and um, I think that trend's going to continue. Uh, at Bet Rivers, the updated line right now, has the Celtics favored by six. The total's at 208, and, uh, you know, he won game one relatively easy, 118-107. And, of course, in game two, it was all about the uh, Tatum getting 27, and, of course, Marcus Smart coming back. That was a key factor for him, and Jalen Brown getting 24. Both games have been high-scoring affairs, Anita. I think the better value with this bet here, um, I think the line's a little high with the Heat getting six, um, but I played the totals game. I think that's a safer bet for me. I like the total over 208 between Miami and Boston. That's my play in this game. Um, interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think a big key here is the fact that you have uh, both Horford and, and Smart back in action for uh, the Boston Celtics. That obviously was the big key for them as well um, in, in game two. Um a lot going on this weekend with the Mets and, and of course, the Yankees double headers all over the place because of a snow out. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's 95 here today. Is, is, and a rain, is, is and that a insane? Out. 
It is. It's That's so 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 odd. I mean, I, I don't want to hear the word snow. I hate snow, period. So I thought I wasn't going to hear about snow till next January. And then here we go, the Mets game. I was looking at the uh, forecast there, and they had winter storm warnings yesterday. And it was ironic because the day before, it was almost 90 degrees in Denver, and then they get snow there. So, you know, we got the Met game here. It goes off for just about an hour in the game one. Um, I think that Carrasco, game one, um, has a shot here. Um, Colorado has been scoring a lot of runs. And Colorado Rockies are just a 500 team, Anita. And the only thing the Rockies have to do is just avoid the San Francisco Giants because the Giants has beat them every game. They beat them 11 or 12 in a row until finally Colorado snapped that streak on Wednesday. Uh, but they've been going over a lot. But I think with the cold weather, it's going to have a problem ball traveling. Um, uh, I do like uh, Carrasco in game one with the New York Mets. Uh, I know the Mets are banged up, but most of the injuries are on the pitching side, not on the offensive side. And uh, if they can get the ball going, I think that Carrasco gets the pitching edge for me um, in this matchup here in game one. I do like Carrasco in game one. Um, you've got the Rangers. Unfortunately, they're down now in the series 0-2, but they come back to the Garden. Uh, both teams uh, playing excellent defense. Both goaltenders have been phenomenal. I won the under last night, under 5.5. Of course, we know uh, it was 2-0. Your thoughts on the Rangers game three at the Garden? Do you have a play there? Yeah, when you take a look at it here, the Rangers and uh, Penguins, every game went over in the series. Uh, the first two matchups here between uh, Carolina Hurricanes and the Rangers have gone under the total. I'm going to look for that trend to continue. You know, I've been listening to show all afternoon. Uh, I know that you, Ty, and Jake were talking about the uh, Rangers and how the, you know they're, they're having problems. And the big problem is they can't score. But Shosturkin has been doing his job. And Carolina, we knew that the Rangers were going to be uh, have a problem with them. Um, and uh, the total in this game is at five and a half. Um, I think that the uh, play here would be to go with the under in the game, under five and a half. During the regular season, if you throw out the Penguin series with the uh, Rangers, the Rangers had gone under almost 60% of their time during a regular season. And all throughout the season, we were on the Rangers' unders. And uh, this is going back to true form here. And, uh, um, you know, with the best defense you have in the NHL, the Rangers having a problem scoring, um, I'm going under, under five and a half in what is a must-win situation. But, you know, a lot of teams, people say, hey, it, it, yeah, a team has to win. But listen, Carolina really hasn't played their best hockey yet. Game one, they didn't play well. They only played well in the third period. And even yesterday, they played okay, but they didn't play great. Their defense did. But we haven't seen the best of Carolina, and we certainly haven't seen the best of the Rangers' offense. But my play for this game, my official play, is to go under five and a half goals, which is available at Bat Rivers. Um, I'm with you as well. Uh, any other? I know we we talked baseball, we talked uh, horses, we talked basketball, we talked Rangers. A- any other plays you want to give to our listeners uh, before we uh, we let you get back to your ponies? Yeah, well, we take a look at it. Here's a couple of games here in baseball here today. I don't like playing much chalk, but I think I like the Atlanta Braves. And I gave it out on Twitter with the Braves and Marlins. I like the totalness game to go over the total. Both pitchers have been giving up a lot of runs. Um, the total's eight. Um, you got uh, Wright, who has a pitch, uh, ERA of five. And uh, you got Hernandez pitching for Marlins, who has an ERA of 675. So total's eight in this game. So I prefer to play the totalness game over eight runs between the Atlanta Braves and Marlins. And, uh, you know, anyone that wants to get more free winners needed they can follow me on twitter i put out free winners every day today's armed forces day i put it out on twitter so mm-hmm. happy armed forces day to all our military give out a little special out special shout out to everybody in the military happy armed forces day and of course uh, the fine line my show runs on uh, fridays uh, at midnight saturday mornings and come football season we'll be back on on sunday mornings as well and uh, hopefully we can make some money for people uh, uh you know out there it's very challenging Anita. it's certainly an exciting time of the season and new york is really 
rocking with the Mets and Yankees and Rangers. We've got a lot of action going on, and hopefully we can make some money for people. Fantastic, Joe. Appreciate you. Um, good luck today, okay? Thanks very much. Feel better.